two of the sport's most respected fighters step back into the octagon this weekend to compete for the welterweight title. DraftKings, the official daily fantasy partner of UFC, is giving you a shot at huge cash prizes. For this weekend's fight, DraftKings is offering new players a shot at millions of dollars in total prizes. If you haven't tried it yet, Fantasy MMA is easy to play. Just pick six fighters, stay under the salary cap, and pile up points for advances, takedowns, and more. There's no better way to put your MMA knowledge to the test than to compete for a shot at millions of dollars in total prizes. Plus, don't forget about basketball and hockey, where DraftKings has even more money up for grabs this weekend. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable, so you can deposit and withdraw your funds at your convenience. Download the DraftKings app now and use the promo code THPN, as in the Hockey Podcast Network, to get a shot at millions of dollars in total prizes throughout this week. That's promo code THPN to get a shot at millions of dollars in total prizes. Only at DraftKings. Minimum $5 deposit, eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Now, on with the show. What's quacking, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Quack Report. Uh, this is um, our Thursday edition of the Quack Report, so we're pre-recorded on YouTube. If you're uh, not listening, or if you're just listening on the uh, podcast app, you can also check us out on the Hockey Podcast Network on YouTube. Nate, how's it going today? Uh, I'm trying not to die right now. Uh, <laughs> I was having some water as that intro was going and uh, went down the wrong pipe. <laughs> <laughs> So you're choking on it, great. Yeah, I'm choking. Right <laughs> I can't now. even do anything about it. You can't. You can't go dying on me when I'm like ten minutes away from you. I won't get there in time. <laughs> <laughs> or it's like mid podcast, just drop. Yeah. Uh, do we still uh, air that episode? Do you still air that episode? I think you do. I think in order to maintain the integrity of the show, we have to air it. Yeah, have to air it. it has to be the first thing on Buffer as well, like yes. to to post to Twitter and Instagram. Yeah. Um. Maybe we'll go viral. Yeah. Yeah. That's Bearded hockey nerd passes out on podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um, massive like virtual uh, funeral for me with all the THPN hosts. Well, StreamYard's capped at 10, so at least 10 people oh, will be there. <laughs> <laughs> all right. You, you, uh, you're in charge of picking the 10 people, I guess, from THPN that can join us. <laughs> oh, okay. That's a lot of pressure, but <laughs> <laughs> oh, you've planned a party before for me. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, I'll just I'll just put a sign on the door that says "Come in, <laughs> party inside," <laughs> or "Come in, funeral inside." With like, yeah, there you with, go. With just really sad looking deflated balloons, yeah. and instead of uh, you know just like people showing up and like, yeah, we just saw the sign on the door. We're here to party. It's yeah, we saw the sign on the door. We're here for funeral. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Oh, <laughs> uh, uh, outside of choking, though, I am pretty good. Actually, I'm uh, just just a little tired. Just some late nights. That's all. <laughs> yeah, just uh, just catching up on stuff for the this last week before reading week. A little bit of that, and uh, I okay. I used to be absolutely horrible at Call of Duty, 
I'm not as horrible now, so I have been playing a little bit more. Um, I don't What's know your what KD it, ratio, and I'm not talking about the macaroni guy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, so earlier this week, it was actually pretty decent at like a, I think it's like a 1.2 or something like that. Which for me, like I said, I used to be absolutely horrible. I think mine would normally be like a 0. 0.5 or a 0. 0.4. Uh, that's pretty damn good. However, started playing hard point. I think with uh, one of our buddies and. Uh, a bunch of his friends. So I was focusing more on the objective than, you know, kill to death ratio. And, uh, oh, it hurt after that. Let's put it that way. <laughs> and like early on in a career too, right? Like at five more games and that can change it drastically. So I think by the end of the night, I went down to like a 0.83 from like a 1.2. <laughs> you know what? I think but- that's better than me. Like, I think I'm lucky to to crack like a 0.01. Like, it's like maybe <laughs> one kill a game and then like 27 deaths. <laughs> but like, I played a couple just quick games of, uh, you know, just standard deathmatch. That's my that's my favorite mode to play, honestly, on multiplayer. You're a simple um, man. I like I'm it. a very simple man. And, uh, you know, I had a couple good games last night for sure. Normally, Nuketown, like with the Black Ops games, is mm-hmm. the place where your KD ratio just goes to die just because of how small that map is, right? Mm-hmm. And, Anybody can get you from any side. I went just absolutely off in that game. And I think I think it my thing at the end of it was like 27 kills to 12 deaths or something like that. I, I just absolutely went off in comparison for me how I normally do. So mm. ended the end of the night on a high note for sure. Nice. That's good. That's always good. I uh, I haven't played Call of Duty since uh, I think it was Black Ops 2 where they had Nuketown, right? Yeah, I think so. I, I don't remember if it was in the first one or not. I feel like it was. Yeah, um, I don't know. But I think the yeah, it was yeah, the I second the, one that I played. Yeah, and I think the is. last because like I would I would borrow the Call of Duty games from like friends or that some uh, of the campaigns or that sort of thing or like I did buy the I guess the reboot of Modern Warfare last year, uh, but I really just played the campaign on it. Um, in terms of multiplayer though, I haven't really like, cause I just never really got into it for whatever reason. I always enjoyed, um, like even halo multiplayer a lot better. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not sure why I could be in part of just how dog shit I was. So, you know, if you're not doing great, you don't overly want to keep doing it. Um, mm-hmm. but, uh, I think the last game I really played multiplayer on for call of duty was like modern warfare three. And that was back when I was in high school. So it's been a bit of a hiatus for sure. So that's why I'm like, wow, okay. I'm actually doing decent. So. How much of that do you chalk up to beginner's luck? Uh, not a whole lot, actually, because I've just been <laughs> like I've I, I've been doing like the the bot practicing a little mm. bit and like you know throwing them on a hard difficulty or whatnot, and actually just being able to level up my guy in games. Um, I did a like, I bought a bunch of the Mountain Dews though because under the caps they had codes for double XP. Oh yeah, uh, thinking that so I had like. Uh, I think it was like 15 minutes for every bottle cap or something like that. So whatever it amounts to, I had like 10 or 11 that I had saved up, but I thought they would just get automatically used once I had started playing. I uh, found out the other night that's not the case. So I just haven't been using my double XP at all. So now that I have it, might have to go play some deathmatch uh, just on my own and, uh, you know, really level myself up a little bit. So. Yeah, for sure. I thought when you you were saying that uh, you just went out and bought some Mountain Dew, and I thought that that was like to enhance your playing. To like, yeah, I wasn't 100%. doing so hot, so I, I grabbed a couple two liters of Mountain Dew, slammed those back, and just my KD a ratio went through the roof. Yeah, <laughs> I attribute my success to Mountain Dew, hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah. 
Oh, well, how, how are you doing, buddy? I, we, uh, we haven't really gotten to you just yet. We've been talking about my Call of Duty career so far. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, also, also pretty tired, but just from catching up on homework, I got a, um, gonna, I think I had an assignment earlier this week. It's hard to remember. Everything's all blurring together and I got an <laughs> exam later. But then after that, we got the reading week. So I'm, I'm really just kind of getting ahead and, or not getting ahead, but stay in the course and then, uh, until Friday and then. Then I'm off for a week. No work, no school. Man's gonna oh, no work either. There you go. Yeah, man's gonna play some video games. Let me tell you. <laughs> yeah, I get, I'm I'm seeing a couple of uh, late night playing NHL with uh, us and our uh, us and our buddy for sure in the future. Oh yes, next week. Yeah, <laughs> some more four a.m.s and uh, my girlfriend can you know walk into the living room like she did the last time. You're still <laughs> awake. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, and back in uh, back in May, I don't remember. I don't, well, we didn't do a whole lot of episodes in May, so maybe I didn't really talk about it. But like back in April and May, I was staying up consistently till till the sun came up in the in the summertime to, <laughs> to just playing video games because I really had nothing else to do. Yeah, nothing um, else to do. So uh, I mean, I could see that happening next week where the girlfriend rolls out of bed to get ready for work, and she's like, "What are you still doing up?" And I'm like, "What are you doing up?" And yeah, like, well, I got work in like an hour and a half, and, oh, and you're okay, like, I guess maybe I should go oh, to shit. bed. <laughs> So yeah, I think uh, I think we might see some some pretty late ones. That's for sure. Yeah, it's gonna yeah for you one hundred percent is gonna be the uh, okay. Uh, good morning. Oh, good night. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Just the complete opposite schedule. Yeah. On the bright side, though, you go to sleep and she'll get home faster. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> And then I can cool. just be like, oh, breakfast for dinner. And then I get breakfast and she gets dinner, but it's breakfast. It's perfect. Exactly. It's yeah. good shit. It works. So, yeah. <laughs> um, Ducks almost had uh, something as good as breakfast for dinner last night. They, uh, yeah. That was a nice segue, hey? Yeah. Very I forgot good. to play the music, though. <laughs> <laughs> they managed to rally back from down 4 1 against the Vegas Golden Knights to tie it 4 4 in the third. Unfortunately, didn't quite get the result they wanted. Ended up losing 5 to 4 um, in, in regulation. But, you know, still a, a really good effort, especially from the young guys, I think. Yeah, 100%. It would have been nice to at least get one point out of that game because, you know, that just seems to be mm-hmm. how it goes. You know, like we'll we'll have a big push like that and even having last year. And uh, But just at the end, nothing really to show for it outside of, you know, padding some guy's stats. Um, but yeah, that third period especially looked really, really good. And I mean, as much as we went down, I'd say most of the game actually looked pretty good, honestly. Yeah, like the... I think it was kind of just bad puck luck that got us to the position of 4-1. Um, and then you saw the rare thing of getting the good puck luck back in the same game uh, to tie it up. Like, that's that's very rare, it seems. But yeah, I thought we were pretty consistent the whole game. There wasn't too many defensive lapses, at, at least no more than I would expect against Vegas. But um, but yeah, I thought it was overall a pretty solid game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it definitely was, uh, I'd say, maybe not as much defensively there was definitely a few breaks that vegas had but Mm -hmm. you know they're known for that really fast transition game especially Mm -hmm. um yeah one thing that stood out to me was the amount of breakaways we gave up in the first you know half game 40 minutes of the the game like there was there was a lot of breakaways for vegas um i think they scored on one of them for sure i don't remember who it was but i think it was the second goal and then Mm -hmm. the rest were just good stops by miller but yeah uh, the one thing that I noticed, though, at least for the Ducks, is that our transition off like offensive chances hmm. are looking a lot better 
And that's mm-hmm. as a season overall, honestly, because as far as I can remember from last year, we did not have many chances on the rush. Everything no. was ones we were able to get set up and whatnot, and that's kind of what led to it. But now that, uh, you know, it seems like we're having some rush scoring. Um, mm-hmm. Like, I think that was that was two of the goals last night even were on the rush, um, which was nice to see. Yeah, yeah, it, it, it is for sure. And, and you're right. I don't think we saw much of that last year. So um, big improvement for this year for sure. Um, I was going to say something about what you said earlier, and I don't remember what it was now. So hmm. it's gone. It's That's gone. Okay. Yeah, gone in like the wind. Yeah, I got distracted looking for my sticky pad. I have no idea where it is, but <laughs> <laughs> there's a whole bunch of green stickies here, but none of them are blank. So that's also <laughs> what I was looking for. Um, yeah, the, uh, the 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 three goal comeback, if you want to call it that, for being down four one, um, started off with a goal by Troy Terry, uh, and then kind of I don't want to say lucky deflection, but kind of a lucky deflection. Um, by Henrique, and then a power play goal um, just in the dying seconds of that by Ryan Getzlaff. So um, three guys who who I guess last year were pretty big, or I guess one guy who this year is pretty big, two guys last year that were pretty big um, putting it in. So kind of a, a nice team effort there to tie up the game, I thought. Yeah, 100%. You're, yeah, nothing really to add to that. It just it looked great. So yeah, power play is finally kind of clicking a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um but still not maybe as great as we would like to see for sure. Um, and I do remember that there were some comments from Dallas Eakins earlier uh, this week uh, talking about that power play and how, you know, he's running the same system that they developed down in San Diego and trying to implement it here. And for, you know, to kind of paraphrase from him, for some reason it's not working, but I don't know how they haven't found that reason yet. I'm not really sure what exactly you'd attribute it to, um either besides you know just not really wanting to be the guy i guess to take the shot i guess i don't know if some of our guys are being uh, a little hesitant with it or what Mm -hmm. because it is a lot more of the younger guys i would say on the power play or starting to be which isn't a horrible thing but you you know you need that confidence boost by taking those shots and you know scoring on them for sure yeah um but i guess like the couple of games where Right, you had Getzlaff, and he's got a chance to shoot, and he decides to pass it. That also doesn't really help, help either. So, mm-hmm. um, I don't know. Like, I feel like that's you know, like that is his job, and the team's job for sure. But it's on Dallas Eakins to figure out why that power play isn't working. Is it the system itself? Is it you know certain players does he need to swap around or what is it yeah well one thing i did notice with the power play last game that that one that gets ended up scoring on is um we, we actually started what we talked about a f- quite a few episodes back as being our second power play unit um which looked better because that's the one that's made up of the young guys i think the first mm-hmm. one the first unit that was out was uh terry hein and steel comtois and i I want to say Fowler, but it might have been Lindholm. It, it was one of those two guys, anyways. So, uh, really, a, a very young power play unit. But there was a lot of a lot more speed and a lot more movement, I thought. Um, and then, but I think that the Vegas penalty killers just kind of got wore down. So by the time Getz laugh, um, Henrique, uh, and whoever else was on there, I think Silverberg, Shattenkirk, and I don't know who the other one is. Probably Raquel, though. Um, yeah, like by the time like they got on there. Guys. Yeah, your your older guys who maybe might have a, a stronger propensity to shoot and maybe will be a little bit more accurate. Not necessarily, but um, but they might have that mentality kind of drilled into them. I, I think the Vegas power 
or penalty kill, sorry, guys were, were just tired at that point. And um, because that, that power play unit doesn't look as good, in my opinion. So it's it's deserving that it's the second one. But I'm glad that they, they found a, a goal on that one for sure. Yeah, that second one definitely needs to be promoted to, you know, being that first one, I think. 100%. Yeah, and, and I don't know if we've really seen that yet but i think the the one power play that um in the third period there really showed it and i don't know if that's going to be a permanent thing or if that's just because you know guys like rick uh, not raquel sorry terry um and comtois and, and steel and those guys were having really really solid games up until that point so mm-hmm. i uh i'm not i'm not exactly sure sorry but, i'm just double checking something that i'm that's why i'm looking mm-hmm. at my phone here um yeah, sure yeah, even that well, that power play goal last night by Getzloff, that was his first of the year. I know he's been out for a couple of games, but it's nice to finally see him put one in the back of the net because that was mm-hmm. actually really concerning for me. I understand, like, you know, he's getting older, I guess, in terms of uh, of a hockey career for sure, but to go this far into the season, even with a couple of games being out and not having a goal yet, like, we know he's a pass-first guy, but that yeah. was a little bit concerning to me. So, and a little bit. You do want him to find the back of, of the net, yeah. And it kind of made me question where or like why he was where he is in the lineup. So, I mean, I yeah. hope he keeps it up, but otherwise, you know, it's kind of like maybe what I talked about at the beginning of the season, bumping him down to even that third-line role. Yeah, so, as much as you don't want to yeah. do that to your captain, like you can't, you can't have you know longevity and loyalty. Unfortunately, hold back that like back the young group of guys who are showing that they can play frankly no yeah for sure so and i think gets gets that i don't think he's going to be too upset i think he he just wants to stick with the team so mm-hmm. um but but i mean you've seen that before like shattenkirk or not not shattenkirk who am i talking about <laughs> david back is um mm-hmm. w- when he was way back with the bruin no with the blues even back to then well i guess maybe the Bruins and the Blues, but he was a third line guy when he he wore the C. Um, now he obviously doesn't in Anaheim here. Um, yeah, but that was just kind of like he was just a good locker room guy. Like he he could lead on the ice, but he was more of the um, the veteran locker room leadership kind of captain rather than the the dirty dangles on the ice mm-hmm. first line center kind of captain. So um, so you do yeah, get like- those, and not that Getzlaff is that one. Like he he had his time on the top line, and you know putting up just disgusting amounts of points. Um, mm-hmm. But now I think he, he's maybe going to see that, you know, middle six uh, center captain locker room leadership kind of role be like, that's the role he's going to adopt. I think. Yeah. At least for the rest of this season, we'll see kind of what happens later on. If, you know, unless he decides to retire or anything mm-hmm. like that, um, at least he's doing well with still helping the team in some way or another. Right. Like he's uh, he's, Second place on the team in uh, assists with five, uh, behind uh, Carter Rowney of all people actually with six. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, he had a good looking, run a few games. Yeah, he's ago. looking pretty good. Um, and then we got four guys tied for third spot with four assists: uh, Hampus Lindholm, Ricard Raquel, Derek Grant, and Kevin Shattenkirk. Um, but uh, yeah, just like I said, like he's we again. We know he's a pass first guy, but I do still want to see more scoring from him, right? Like, I feel like mm-hmm. this is the time to say, hey, we aren't actually getting enough. If you see a shot, take it. Yeah, at the very least, the guys, um, like the young guys will see that. It's like, oh, Getzlaff seems to be shooting quite a bit, even though it's maybe not like a perfect opportunity, but he's throwing it towards the net. Maybe we should try that. And then Terry yeah. with his 
disgustingly fast shot is just going to pot like 20 goals in the next 10 games or something stupid like yeah. that. <laughs> Maybe we do need fans back in the building just to yell shoot again. Just that's, as a, just as a little reminder. Nor- <laughs> yeah, it's normally one of the most annoying things to like go to a hockey game and just hear that, right? Because most of the time it's when somebody's in the lane, there's no chance of a shot getting through. Yeah. And they're, you know, you got grandpa or whoever shoot. It's like, no, yeah. no, we're not doing that right now. <laughs> find a better, find a better option. But yeah. uh, guy enters know. the zone and like makes a, a, like a really slow pass across to another guy on like a two on two. He hasn't even so crossed guy the guy receives the yet. pucks at like the top of the circle <laughs> and they're already yelling shoot. And it's like on his off wing goalies in like perfect position. Yeah. Like two guys on him. It's like, no. <laughs> yeah. Or he's, he's not even over the blue line yet. Shoot. Yeah, no, exactly. Not yet. Damn it. Hold on. <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I would like to see him shoot a little bit more, to be honest. Mm-hmm. But yeah, for that's, sure. that's just me. I know, I know he has his role and everything like that. But I mean, we need as much help. Like you always need the guys who can set up the play for sure. But you need the guys who can finish it off also. Mm-hmm. And that's why I'm going to go back to bring up Zegras as soon as possible and give the kid a fucking shot. Because he can shoot and he knows when he should pass. Mm-hmm. So I don't yeah, for sure. I don't know. I'm not, I'm not going to go too deep into that again because everybody wants him up, but like this is the time to do it. Yeah. Why are we not? I said, if, I said, if it doesn't happen in the next five games, probably not going to happen the rest of the season, which is really fucking disappointing. I think Bar- barring any injuries, which yeah, I yeah, know we might, uh, we might see some, you know, you know, not traditional hockey injuries take out part of our team in the next few days. I guess we'll wait and see. Uh, we'll get to that in just a second, though. It was almost a perfect segue, but I wanted to bring up about Ryan Miller and his play because we saw him in this last game against Vegas. Yeah. Um, yeah, Gibson, um, I texted you about that last night. So I was like, okay, something's not right here. Why is, why is, why is not Gibson in? not playing? Like, um, But it, he took like a, or he had like a face Injury. Yeah, so he had a. Like, it came out uh, from the Ducks on Twitter when they were. Uh, it was a post. Is the post about their uh, starting lineup? Um, mm-hmm. I was just saying that uh, Gibson had a face laceration that he was getting worked on, um, so that he had then he had drove to Vegas on his own, uh, meeting up with the team, but would not be dressed for last night. Uh, so Anthony Stolarz suited up as the backup there uh, coming off the taxi squad. Um, but uh, yeah, that's really all that's at least I've been able to find. Um, there hasn't yeah. been a what happened or anything like that. And, um, you know, might even just been like horsing around the locker room, get a little bit of a too deep of a cut. You got to get stitched up. And yeah, so I don't know. But yeah, it doesn't um, seem too serious. It, yeah, my, nothing uh, seems serious. We'll, we'll probably see yeah. him, uh, you know, if games are played. Uh, well, we're recording on Wednesday, so but the episode coming out on Thursday tonight. Yeah, um, in uh, in my experience or my my professional guess, it's either a puck to the face uh, or he he took a cat to the face because those bitches are vicious. vicious they are so. holy fuck. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've taken it. Now we're gonna a have all the, the cat face on a couple occasions, but it's yeah. it's not nice. <laughs> if you're pissed off that we that we don't like cats, feel free to text or to message us at the Quack Report. Uh, at uh, Quack Report Pod on Twitter, there, mm-hmm. and uh, we will kindly tell you the dogs are better. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and and if we hurt your feelings, you can call one eight hundred fuck you and complain <laughs> to whoever picks up. 
Oh, uh, unless you're Canadian, then you can go to the hospital and get your feelings checked for free. <laughs> <laughs> Oof. <laughs> That one hurts. <laughs> <laughs> Just like that uh, that cat scratch. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> or the puck to the face. We're not sure. Or the, yeah, I mean, yeah, pucks to the face definitely aren't uh, aren't aren't uh, any fun to have for sure. Yeah. Okay. Uh, real quickly here before we get into the the next topic here, if you had to pick one gun to your head, what do you pick? Cat to the face or puck to the face? Mm. We'll say just like your, we'll say like your average Joe is is shooting it, not like an NHL superstar, and not me, but like someone in the middle. Hmm. Okay, are we talking average? Not not to be a slight, average Canadian Joe or average American Joe. I don't know. I was, I was just thinking like your, you know, your average hockey player, like like your okay, average, average junior average player. hockey player. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh I'm still taking the cat scratch because even guys playing junior B know how to shoot the puck. Okay. What if we changed it to like, you know, a wild cat, like a tiger? I'm just putting my head in its mouth instead. (laughs) 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 Or playing dead. (laughs) Does that actually work against tigers? I have no idea. I haven't tried personally, but... I mean, I, I guess that would probably be my go-to because if you run, then it's like, oh, sick! This is a game. You're like, a, you're like, it's a little laser pointer, you know. <laughs> but if you, if you come at the tiger, he's either gonna see you as being aggressive, or he's just like, what the fuck is this guy doing? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I think I might just play dead because I don't think I don't think like wild animals or like wild cats eat eat dead things. I think they leave that to the vultures. I think they well, like I mean, to they have kill to- their prey. Yeah, they have to kill it. Yeah, yeah, but like if I just like dropped dead, they'd be like, oh, this thing's dead. Like I didn't kill it, so it's not mine. Yeah, fair enough. I'm not sure if that's how it works. I don't know. The next time I'm at the Calgary Zoo when uh, COVID restrictions lift up or that, I'll just jump into the tiger cage uh, and uh, let you know how sticking my head in the the tiger's mouth works out. Sure. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) If I don't hear from you, I'll, I'll assume that it didn't work. Yeah. That's if uh, if you, if you hear on CNN that a tiger got put down, then uh, yeah, it worked. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I think uh, I think now is a good time to move into the. I miss you, Harambe. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Oh man. Uh, so so Nosik, <laughs> if you haven't heard, uh, for the Vegas Golden Knights tested positive for COVID yesterday, uh, mid game. So he was pulled at some point in the the second period from the bench, but they kept the game going. Um, huge uh, huge outrage on Twitter, as you would expect <laughs> would happen. Um, yeah. But like with a lot of people saying, why was he on the bench if he didn't receive a positive test? Like no result should be um, should mean like you don't play, kind of thing. Um, like now, now the Ducks are at risk for doing this, and then there's a whole bunch of people, you know, calling. Oh, the Ducks should get two points out of. No, no. <laughs> we'll, <laughs> we'll draw the line just a little bit before that happens. But, um, yeah. but yes, still an unfortunate thing. The the game for Thursday, as we mentioned, was up in the air. Uh, still, as of right now, going on, they have um, added an, added an additional policy to um, do rapid testing that day, in addition to the daily um, later testing. So. Hopefully, uh, hopefully that'll, you know, bring up any issues before everyone gets together for nice, happy hockey times. Um, but we we shall see if uh, if that game goes forward or not. So, um, Nate, do you have any thoughts on this whole situation? I feel like it's got to be canceled, right? 
like realistically, if one player, you know, has been tested positive, should everyone not have to be self-isolated then? Realistically. Because they're close like, contacts? I, I, yeah. Yeah, realistically. close contacts. Yeah, like yeah. every single person who was on the ice mm-hmm. is a close contact at that point. So both these teams should be locked down at this point. Yeah, I was I was very surprised to hear that they were just going ahead with um, yeah. with the game on Thursday. So um, I mean, I guess you're not going to really expose anyone new, but if they haven't been exposed yet and you put them in the same situation again, I don't know. I'm I mean, I'm not making the rules for the NHL and their COVID policy by any means, and I know they are working with uh, you know like both Canadian and uh, American medical officials and whatnot. But at the same time. The, is there something different going on in Canada? Because knock on wood, there hasn't been a single NHL COVID case in Canada. Everything has been in the states in those three divisions. Yeah, it's uh, it's interesting for sure. I, I really don't know um, what's going on. I know you were you were maybe kind of joking, but I know the part of you was also kind of serious. So um, yeah, I I don't know how to how to answer that. Like it's it, it kind of blows my mind that uh, has have all three other divisions have had. Have they all had yeah. um, games postponed? Or it is all three? Okay. Yeah, it is. Yeah, so it's... Uh, yeah, it's, it's literally just the Canadian division that, again, knock on wood, has not had um, has, has not had a case in the NHL yet. Yeah, I'm, I'm not super caught up on what the restrictions are, but I know in, in Canada, it's very, very, very strongly discouraged to travel between provinces unless you need to. So, you know, the, the hockey teams have an exemption, but like just me and you... Um, you know, we were talking about going skiing in, in BC, which is a few hours from here, but we, we could do that technically, but we might not have a, a car to come back Yeah, <laughs> just because it, of, of what everyone else thinks. And like, just, you know, for the purpose of being responsible, we decided maybe we shouldn't, you know, travel to a yeah. different province, province just for literally no other reason. And I don't know if the States have, have that sort of either social norm or, you know, government policy in place. So I think Vegas, like Vegas has gotten a lot of shit for, um, for like in just in the hockey world for, you know, spreading um, COVID and then postponing games and stuff like that. And like, I, I don't want to try and make it sound like I'm defending them, but I think that Vegas is just like a natural place that people want to go to, to travel. It's like, well, I can't leave my, leave the country and I'm not really supposed to leave my house, but maybe if I get a hotel room in Vegas and, um, and just like hang out there, maybe I can be happy. And then they go there and they take COVID and they just spread it all around Vegas. So yeah, I, I really don't even, know. Yeah, it may not even be the NHL's policies. It's just, you know, maybe some of the places that some of these stateside teams are around and whatnot just have a bit more traffic coming through it from the general public. That could very well be it also. Mm-hmm. But I, yeah, I'm not sure what it is. So yeah, but, uh, I, you know, I really, I really do hope that they decide to. Uh, postpone the game on Thursday just in in the interest of safety like there's they've already postponed so many other games like what's another one like yeah postpone this one and then if you know because then after this we don't play until Monday Mm -hmm. Monday is our next game so uh, if we don't if we do test every day after that and still nothing it's like okay I think we can safely proceed should be okay hopefully yeah yeah um but I don't know maybe they're in this the the boat of, of what you brought up a, a couple minutes ago of, well, they've already played against each other, so guess it's kind of late now. Might as well finish this one and postpone mm-hmm. the rest. I, I really don't know. Yeah, I don't know. It'll definitely be interesting. 
Um, I guess on the topic of COVID as well, did you see there was a a small just like talk with uh, Ilya Samsonov from Washington Capitals? Um, he had had COVID and was out for a few weeks, so he just had his first start the other night uh, earlier this week, and he was just kind of talking about the effects that he had and whatnot because it has been a little bit different for everybody, you know, like yeah. uh, just different symptoms that people get hit with. Um, but for him, it was uh, like he had a lot of difficulty breathing and like even getting up to walk. He said he was just like feeling that kind of weak. Uh, did you get a chance to read that at all? No, or? I didn't actually. No. Yeah. It's just been, it's, it's been interesting to see just kind of how it's affected different people and whatnot uh, for sure. Just from almost an interest standpoint, but uh, especially some of these athletes, because you know, you go into any comment section on Facebook or whatnot and it's, Oh, their athletes are going to be fine. It's just going to be a two week cold and they're going to be good. No, and even for a guy like Ilya Samsonov, we he doesn't even know the lasting effects on it just yet. Mm-hmm. Um, I do remember because again, I'm a big lacrosse guy and whatnot too. Uh, it was Jules Hedingberg from the Redwoods Lacrosse Club because uh, the PLL uh, Premier Lacrosse League there had done a uh, bubble during the summer. They were one of the first pro leagues to really do a bubble, actually, even before the NBA and the NHL. And they, you know, did a bunch of testing and everything like that too. Uh, Hedingberg had had it er- like very early on. Uh, but was cleared, went through all the testing, went and was able to enter the bubble, was clear again. But it was during fitness testing that they actually found like a bit more of a lasting effect on him that it had uh, hurt his cardiovascular system so much that uh, any high-intensity training uh, or high-intensity workout or anything like that, so basically just a normal lacrosse shift for field lacrosse, uh, could actually put him at risk for cardiac arrest. That's crazy. So, and, you know, he's just kind of hoping that he can play this coming summer. So it's not, I don't know, not to sound preachy, but like if you're one of those people who thinks it's just kind of like a common cold, that sort of thing, it's really not. And it affects mm-hmm. a bunch of people really differently. So, yeah, like it, some people do get it just as like a cold, you know, you get the sniffly nose, a little cough, sore throat, and you're fine within a few days. But other people, it's like, like even someone as healthy as, um, that lacrosse player or even someone like Samsonov, like it can really just like kick the shit out of them. So yeah, exactly. So yeah, it's uh, it's crazy for sure. So um, yeah, the, uh, I was going to say something else. Don't remember, don't remember <laughs> what it was again. It's, uh, it's a, a real great episode for Carter here. Remembering what he was going to talk about, but um, did you have anything else you wanted to, to bring up about COVID here before we take a, a quick break? Uh, no, not, no, I got nothing. No, you're all good. good. Okay. Again, not to, not to sound preachy, but just, you know, realize that it's not going to be the same for everybody. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, let's uh, let's take a quick break then, and then on on the other side, we'll um, talk more about the potential Sam Bennett trade. We got some some updates on that, and uh, then some what's quacking. Sounds good. Uh, you know what? I, I'm just I, so I, heated because of what what you're telling me. Because I I do not want to live in a world <laughs> in a world where a craft dinner. Is the fucking substitute to a good macaroni? You're putting powder. No, no, no. Mac, macaroni, as you call it, is a substitute for candy. God. <laughs> oh my God. Go to, go to Italy. If you and crack ask, open some fucking no, 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 no. If you ask any Canadian, would they rather have macaroni or KD? They will tell you KD is the best, it is superior, it is the fucking national treasure, and it is the greatest dish in Canada. 
I'm Mason Dixon, a Habs fan stuck in Leafs country, with my co-host Corey, a southern beauty trapped deep in the bayous of Louisiana. With over 2,500 kilometers of separation, we've still managed to come together to give you Habs Nightly, your hub for Habs content. While I don't know what a kilometer is, I do know Habs hockey. Don't let the 10-year age gap or distance fool you. We bleed Blue Blanc Rouge, and we're known to serve up hot takes along with our unique charm. Join us every Monday and Thursday for Hockey Talk, Ref Rage, and your daily dose of Southern ignorance. Only on the Hockey Podcast Network. Katie is the superior macaroni and cheese. Get the fuck out of here. You put um, ketchup on your fucking macaroni, you nasty kid? Yes, I fucking do. This has been Habs Nightly. You guys have a great night. If you want some Habs talk, you can follow Habs Nightly at Habs, H-A-B-S, Nightly, however you spell that, on Twitter. And you can find them wherever you get your podcasts. So... You, uh, we posted a clip from our last episode um, that uh, was talking about Sam Bennett. Uh, sorry, I was just catching up on on your chat to see if it was important. <laughs> no, all good. <laughs> I was I was busy checking my DraftKings on uh, during the, the break there, so I didn't see that. I'm sorry. <laughs> Use promo code THPN. We did talk about this before, but just reiterating, correct? Yes. That a boy. <laughs> Be like Carter. Don't get to say that often, but be like Carter. Be like Carter. Use <laughs> DraftKings. There you go. <laughs> I don't know if that's going to promote them, uh, promote people to use DraftKings, but who knows. It better. I hope so. Yeah. I want people to be like me. I want to be a role model. <laughs> <laughs> I just want people to like me. Anyways, uh, we posted a clip from our last episode about um, a potential uh, trade involving Sam Bennett coming to the Ducks. Um a former fourth overall pick that currently plays for Calgary and recently asked for a trade. Um, we've got some some engagement on that, uh, basically just asking for more clarification, some potential um, trade, I don't even want to call them rumors, but options, I guess, and how what a trade might look like. So, um, Nate, why don't you start and, and let us know what that could potentially look like if we wanted to acquire Sam Bennett. Yeah, I was more just asking kind of, I guess, what my thought was, I guess, since I had, brought it up on the episodes they were kind of people were kind of wondering like what i thought a package might include or something like that um i said it you know there's gonna be i don't know what the picks are gonna be and there might be some roster moves on calgary's end if some like a player like this goes because i don't think calgary in return would want just picks as nice as that would be just to you know add bennett without losing a player uh but unfortunately that's what happens with trades most of the time you do lose somebody uh if it's going to be a main roster guy uh slotting in but uh the one guy I said that seemed to kind of make sense ducks fans please don't hate me for this uh is ricard raquel going to the calgary flames actually in exchange for bennett like i said draft picks to even it out and everything like that is going to be another conversation that i don't really know you know, kind of, it depends on what both sides want out of it, basically, and that's mm-hmm. gonna do it. But that's just a tr- like a player trade, at least, that I think makes sense if we were to bring Bennett into uh, the Ducks organization here. Uh, both guys, you know, it's swapping right hands, and um, I think almost the the Ducks kind of almost pull away with it because 
Uh, Sam Bennett is a RFA at the end of this year, right? So once they get him, they could extend him to whatever they feel he could be worth, honestly. Mm-hmm. And um, and he could also be entitled to draft picks as well if they yeah um, if uh, he got offer sheeted or even if they just decided to trade him for assets or whatever. Yeah, and for this season alone, um, I, I did pull up cap friendly here uh, for the yeah for the Ducks themselves. I believe we are like right pressed yeah so our projected cap space right now is zero dollars yeah uh, we're so, right up against it yeah so and with you know a team that could definitely still use a little bit of improvement um that's not really a spot you want to be on so even for this season alone that does free up a little bit of cash because i believe it's about a million million plus difference about a million and uh, a half i think Raquel's yeah, between three yeah, between, or about a million two i think raquel's three seven and you said Last episode, Bennett was about two five. Yeah, so Raquel is oh god, uh, three point seven eight nine million, and yeah, Bennett I think is at two point five five. Um, yeah. so yeah, about one well about one point three mil. Uh, which is mm-hmm. you know it could get you a decent bottom line guy or even somebody that uh you need for the taxi squad, right? Um, that's a that's a decent pick for that, honestly. So it frees up a little bit of cap space this year, uh, but it does, I think, fill areas for both teams. Uh, for Calgary, Josh Levo, uh, who they acquired this summer, um, his deal ends at the end of this season. So he was a guy who'd be able to slot there in the future as Raquel you know, has a couple more years still on his contract. Uh, or on the left side, you know, Lee Cheech or Nordstrom could slide down uh, to fit in Raquel on a, on a third line there, um, or even bump up to a second. Uh, there's a couple options that could happen in Calgary, at least for Raquel, so that's why it makes sense for Calgary. On the Anaheim side, you have Bennett who can slide in on center if they really need it, but luckily we do have some depth there now. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, we were just talking an episode, I guess the last two episodes, where do you put Trevor Zegras if you try to bring him up? Um, so we, we have a bit of depth there on the center, but we can put them on the wings as well. And the thing that uh, he brings, I think, to this team is effort. I know we, you know, we talk about putting in a full sixty minutes and that sort of thing. This guy gives it his all for majority of his shifts, if not all of them, um, every game. And so, yeah, effort both like physically and offensively. Right, he is out there trying for sure uh, we, we do need a lot of help offensively um, yeah it's been better recently but there's quite a has been quite a few games this season where we've looked quite subpar offensively and not quite getting the amount of shots we need yeah and i know if you look at bennett's stats he only has the one goal so far uh but that was when he was actually given a chance in a middle six top six role um it's it is hard to score honestly when you're the fourth line and you're stuck between guys like Luigi and Lebo. It doesn't work yeah. great. You're working with, you know, somebody who won a cup in 2011 that, you know, today's NHL just doesn't really fit for him. Um, so, you know, given a decent chance and throughout the Ducks lineup, I think he could have a decent chance. Even if he did happen to get put on the fourth line for a little bit here in Anaheim, I'm sure he wouldn't like that too much. But at least I would say our fourth line is more to today's NHL standards than the Calgary Flames is. So I feel like yeah. Bennett could thrive here a little bit more compared to mm. a place like Calgary. Yeah, not not like the Laurier and, and Rowney, like our kind of typical fourth liners are. Um, not like they're, you know, 
gods amongst men or anything like yeah. that. But they they definitely have that offensive upside. Like they they got speed. They know how like where to go. They drive to the net and and work hard. A lot of their goals are are pretty greasy. But like mm-hmm. they they have good hockey sense and high hockey high high hockey IQ. Uh, yeah, geez, that was hard and, to get and out. Yeah, and those are some guys that I think Bennett could really fit well in mm-hmm. because Bennett is the guy who you know will go into the corners and not to say like play dirty, but you know try to get an edge for sure. And that's and, and that's how our fourth line plays. They they yeah. cycle the puck down low and just grind out the other team's line. Whoever has the unfortunate you know chance of playing against that line, um, and then once they wear them down, they just throw the puck towards the front of the net and someone muscles their way through. And mm-hmm. sometimes it goes in, sometimes it doesn't. But um, I think yeah, then it would definitely increase the the possibility of that going in. So Yeah, and even, you know, moving him up into, say, even a power play spot for Anaheim, right? He's a guy that could easily sit in front of the net and try to get oh, yeah. the, you know, the dirty rebound goals or anything like that. Mm-hmm. He's a guy, simply put, he's a guy who's not afraid. And that's in all aspects for the most part. The only thing I'd say he's afraid in, that's this is just more from watching uh, Calgary Flames got, uh, games. And the guys at the end of the Dome pod uh, on the Hockey Podcast Network pointed this out, I think. The only thing that he's afraid of is not is not really being given a chance. If oh, Hold on. I'm trying to think of like how to actually put this out. In Calgary, it seems like he always, you know, he, he's playing like if he doesn't have a 100% type shift that he's going to get docked right away, right? There's never really been given any assurance to this guy mm-hmm. that, you know, if, you know, if you make one bad play, we're not going to, or like one kind of mediocre play, even we're not going to like demote you purely based on that. Mm-hmm. Right. So that's where I say he hasn't really been given a chance necessarily, especially like within the flames. I feel like he could easily have that type of chance in a place like Anaheim. Yeah, oh, I think so for sure. Um, he, you, you'd said that he plays mostly or has played mostly on the third and fourth line in his career, but uh, has gotten like the occasional look in the top six. Um, obviously, when you come to a new team, you can't unless you're like a superstar, like we saw. You know, I, I, okay, I don't want to say superstar, but like an elite, proven NHL forward, and like we could uh, we could talk about the line A Dubois deal, and those guys got top six roles right away because they had proven on the other teams that they could fit in top six roles already. <laughs> However, 11 periods in, Line A already got benched. <laughs> yeah, well, that's a, that's a different thing. That's <laughs> that's what happens when you play for Tortorella, I think. <laughs> yeah, well, and that's what ha- I, I guess that came out that he had mouthed off to uh, an assistant coach, which also, yeah. you're 11 periods in, you're already mouthing off to, the, to your coaches. Don't do that. Yeah, no, I, I get the feeling that's that how you get traded twice in a season. Yeah, yeah, he's he's got a so, two. Or you have sure. a or you have a really difficult RFA negotiation because he's also up at the end of the season. But yeah, <laughs> we're, um, we're not a Columbus podcast, so go listen to them. Uh, I'm sure they'll be talking about that this week. <laughs> yeah, for sure. But but with Bennett, I think if, if we brought him in, you would definitely have to give him that that look on the third and fourth line, and he would have to earn his spot in the top six, yeah. especially since there's been a bunch of guys this season on our team that have earned that top six role. Like they haven't, like nobody's just been gifted that top six role. Mm-hmm. I, I'd, I'd argue that the guys that have, have lost it. Um, you know, like guys like Henrique, I think, um, I mean, I, I would want to put him on the third line. I guess he's playing with Terry now. So um, Henrique is now just a product of Troy Terry, I guess. But, yeah. um, but I think that that, that, I don't know if that's a good or a bad thing for Bennett because he's played on the third or fourth line his whole career and has 
I don't know if he's maybe down on himself because of that and just wants to get a top six role. I don't know if he really wants to earn it. Um, and, and not saying that he has a bad work ethic, but I think that he, it's it's so hard to find that motivation for so long. Um, so maybe it, it might not be a, a great fit right away, but I think once he proves himself in the bottom six, I think he could easily earn himself a top six role playing with guys mm-hmm. like Troy Terry and maybe Ryan gets laugh or something like that. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. I'd actually try him in the middle six, that second and third line just to see, mm. you know, where he could slot in because, you know, if he does great on the second line, keep him on the second, try him on the first. If he, you know, doesn't do as great on the second, you can play him on mm. the third. And that's, a, that's a line as well that could, I think work for him. But again, I know we just talked about that fourth line, you know, the, guys around it being able to i think fit with bennett and bennett fit with them um you know and even that fourth line might turn into a third or something like that down the line like even a year or two honestly um you don't know when was uh uh, when when was uh bennett drafted uh 2014 i want to no 13 or 14 uh because i it's 25 oh yeah it was this yeah that's right i I knew that yeah that was the, was the dry cycle year, which was, or not the dry cycle year, but um, that was, he was drafted the same year as him, but <laughs> um, which is, yeah, it, it's one of those 2013 or 14. So yeah, yeah he's been, in the, he's been around for a while, I guess. Um, yeah. I was looking to see if we had any guys on our current roster that were drafted um, around that year. I guess we'll start 2013. Oh, Shea Theodore. Nice. That hurts. Um, <laughs> Fuck. 2014, Nick Ritchie, he gone. Um, yeah, and then 2015 was Jacob Larson. So, yeah, yeah, I guess we don't really have any guys that are necessarily comparables um, in terms of, you know, high draft picks that are around that age uh, that are on that team or that are on the team currently. So it'll, uh, it'll be interesting. I guess Troy Terry was a 2015 pick, um, but fifth mm-hmm. round. So... Um, it'd be interesting to see him play. I think he's a later birthday as well because he's still 20. Terry or Bennett? Uh, sorry, Terry. Because I think, yeah, he's still 23, whereas Bennett's 25, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, 23. Yeah, he's a September yeah. birthday. So, so yeah. Um, yeah, yeah anyway. So. Yeah, Troy Terry was brought up in just those Twitter conversations as well. Um, and this was, you know, talking to a fan of the Flames. Um but, you know, even he liked the idea of getting somebody like Raquel. He thought it could work for the Flames also. And, um, but yeah, he, he brought up Troy Terry. And I said that, uh, um, just that, you know, I think the Ducks are a little bit more, not to say high on Terry, but he's got a bit more of a positive side than, uh, Raquel does right now. Whereas yeah. like, like Raquel is in his prime right now. I don't see him really doing much more. That's not to say he's not doing good, but I just don't see mm-hmm. him doing much more. Yeah. Whereas there's still a lot of room for Terry to be able to do to do something, and we've kind of seen that starting already. So. I mean, this is kind of his first real look at the NHL, yeah, um, or first real opportunity that he's like actually grabbed a hold of and taken. Like we we've seen it, we saw him last year, and I think the year before that as well, uh, but not for very long, just because he didn't look ready. Uh, but now I think he does, and you, you want to see what the ceiling is for a guy like that. So. Um, but yeah, I agree with you that Raquel is 
not plateaued, but it, it's not he's not going to see significant swings in his point total. Like, yeah, it's kind of what you see is what you get with him. Um, I, I would also say that Raquel's kind of struggling um, to find a role on this team. It seems like now it's, mm-hmm. he just hasn't looked like he he has in the last couple of years. Like, there's uh, I think in the last couple of years he's still been improving and growing as a player, like growing into his prime. Um, but I, I I don't really see him meeting the expectations that maybe he showed flashes of in the past, if that makes sense. Yep. Um, so not to say that he's not going to be a, a good player, but I think that maybe a different look could um, could work. And I think that, um, you, know, you know, there's lots of other guys that have proven their roles on this team, and, and maybe all Raquel needs is just a, another look. Same with Sam Bennett. So mm-hmm. um, another guy I unfortunately want to put in that same boat as Raquel is um, Silverberg. He, he's been quite underwhelming to start the season. I would really hate to see him go. Obviously, I uh, turned the wrong way, moron, <laughs> but with uh, the 33 jersey here. So, um, but yeah, I'd, I'd say if anyone was going to go, it would be those two guys because they are the um, most underwhelming thus far. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I yeah. don't know. Could, could you see Silverberg maybe going instead of Raquel, like Silverberg for Bennett? Or it's that's a. F- if you're looking at the players specifically, it's a five-year age gap that, you know, Silverberg, I'd say, is closer to the end of his career than... That's true. Uh, yeah. Well, even Raquel, right? So That's true, yeah. but That's a good point. So, and also, Raquel. I don't think... And also, I don't, I don't want the Ducks to pull, like, a full Ottawa by any means and, like, get rid of the entire leadership. Group. No, no, no. That's <laughs> no not way. a way to go about it because we could be losing Getzlaff to, you know, something down the line already. Mm-hmm. Um, Silverberg is going to be a guy you want to keep around. Same with Henrik and, uh, and Fowler, for sure. I think those are guys that, you know, should stay around for a little bit longer, for sure, to just help the young guys but not hinder them at the same time. So Yeah, that's a good point, yeah. I always forget that Silverberg uh, was in Ottawa for a couple of years because I I, I only yeah. ever think of him as being with the Ducks. Um, yes, I, I just looked up and I was like, I didn't think he was that old, but you're right, he is 30. Mm-hmm. Um, and he he made his NHL debut in 2011 with the Sens and then came to the Ducks in 2013. And then Raquel was, I think, a 2011 draft. So, mm-hmm. um, and then I think probably came in around the same time. Like I remember those two names kind of. Like those two names were, before I really started following the Ducks were kind of synonymous in my mind, Raquel and Sulferberg. Like I just yeah. kind of heard about them at the same time. So, um, but yeah, 2009. So for for Sulferberg was when he was drafted. So a couple of years think, difference there. I think, I think we were in grade six. If I'm doing the math correctly in my head. Um, I think you're wrong. <laughs> Wait, 2009? Because we yeah. graduated 2015. Yeah. So 2009 was six years before that. Oh yeah. So grade six. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> I think uh, I think it's uh, nappy time for Carter if you can't do basic math in his head. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> well, especially considering you're the accountant out of the two of us. If yeah. You, if you yeah, can't exactly. do math, it the whole thing is over. <laughs> yeah. I was going to study for a test tonight, but apparently I'm just going to bed. No, nope, not o'clock. a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> After this, you can just come play some chill with me. <laughs> yeah. There we go. <laughs> I'll just tell you, I'll just text Dylan Nisha and be like, episodes in StreamYard, good luck, guys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or just like just send them the raw file alone. No edit whatsoever. Yeah. We don't need any <laughs> editing anyway. Fuck it. Nah, we're perfect. <laughs> what you see is what you get. That's why we do it live on Sundays. So be sure to tune in on Sunday. Nice plug. At 12 Pacific. <laughs> All right. Well, yeah, I think uh I think we've 
kind of talk. I mean, we didn't really, you know, come up with a, a perfect deal for the Sam or for the Bennett just Raquel situation, but we ideas. tossed around some ideas and, yeah. and talked about it for a solid 20 minutes. So let's uh, get into some what's quacking here to wrap up the episode. So, um, maybe not the traditional, you know, funny TikTok video that uh, you have come to love and know uh, on what's quacking, but some something to think about, something to ponder, something to discuss. Uh, the national anthem, the Dallas Mavericks and the NBA, NBA have uh, or had recently um, stopped doing the anthem um, just for, I think, two of their most recent home games and kind of caused a bit of a, a kerfuffle. Um, basically, the NBA said, no, all teams have to play the, the anthem, either American or Canadian or both. Uh, to start the game, so um, and I mean, there hasn't been like a huge uproar about it, but it it is the first we've really seen from professional sports not doing the anthem at all. Like we've seen things happen around the anthem, but never, you know, just getting rid of it entirely. So it's kind of an an interesting thing to to think about. Um, so what are your, what are your thoughts on the national anthem and, and just having it in professional sports or, or hockey specifically? In regards to the NHL, it doesn't make sense to me. It doesn't? It, just, it doesn't make sense. Like, no. take a look here. Let me just, sorry, I'll, I'll pull up. But, like, our first line, or just a line even. Right here, and I'm on cap friendly late right now. Let's just go for the first three guys. Ryan Getzlaff is Canadian. Uh, Jacob Silverberg is Swedish. And Adam Henrique is Canadian also. Yeah. Bad example, but we have we have Finns on the team, Americans on the yeah. team. So like I'm just picking yeah. up like the top 3 guys yeah. though, but mm-hmm. we're an American-based team, so they have to consistently hear the American anthem. We don't yeah. ever hear, you know, like I understand like playing the Canadian anthem when one of the seven teams comes down to Anaheim. Mm-hmm. But you ever hear the Swedish anthem, the Finnish anthem or anything like that that represents any of the guys that aren't Canadian or American? Yeah. Right. Like it, I don't know. It's just something that doesn't make sense to me. It is a little bit weird. Like I get when the NHL was mostly, you know, Canadian and American players with, you know, the odd Russian and odd Swede um, splashed in here and there. But but you're right. It doesn't really make sense nowadays. Yeah. Yeah. It just, it doesn't anymore. Like the only reason I can see it really, and like it doesn't really add anything to the game or whatnot. Like, Maybe the players, you know, take like kind of that extra, what, two minutes or five minutes if they really want to drag out the anthem or that sort of thing. <laughs> yeah. Um, just to, you know, kind of focus up. It's kind of a way to do that. But at the same time, it's it's also, you know, like especially for, I guess, just any game, um, especially with fans in the building. But it's like, you know, you're – you're jumping. You're ready to go. You're freaking out in the, in the hallway. If you're in Carolina, you're yelling "Mr. Smetchnikov" or whatever like Anaheim does in the hallways, or mm-hmm. uh, you know, Ovi's doing cup checks or anything like that. You're you're all everybody's getting hyped up. You burst out onto the ice. Everything's going. You're ready to go, and then you have to stand on the blue line and listen to a song. Yeah, that's and not even really exciting. Not kills it for a second. <laughs> Um, like the only good thing to come out of it. And I'm saying this cause I'm Canadian. I see this the most is like in Calgary, you have like when the, when there's an American team in town, it's, you know, the flames fans are yelling loudly when it's, oh, say, can you see? And, 
uh, whatever the fucking line is. I can't think of the lyrics right now for like when red comes up though, because you know Calgary's the sea of red. In Winnipeg, in the Canadian anthem, they yell out "True North" because that's the company that brought back the Jets to Winnipeg. But like other than that, there's nothing really to do for fans or players or anything like that in regards to the anthem. It doesn't really add anything to the game anymore. So no, like I I think I um, the one in that. Yeah, like I get it for um, for certain occasions. Like, you know, if there's a game on Remembrance Day or even like the, the nearest one to Remembrance Day, like, yeah, yeah. sure, play the, yeah, play the anthems that. because yeah. the, the, that's a, that's really the only times outside of professional sports I, I remember hearing the anthem. Like, I, I remember occasionally, you know, they'd be like, oh, we're going to all, after morning announcements, we're all going to stand up and sing uh, um, the Canadian national anthem in class. And th- that would last a couple of weeks. And then your teacher would be way too hung up on, you know, the math minutes and you had to get yeah. those into the day. <laughs> so you'd skip the anthem or whatever. But, um, but yeah, like it's kind of weird because we don't really do it for anything else. Like you don't, mm. if you go to a, a rock concert or something, or even just any concert, we can even make it like a classical music concert. You don't, you know, do the yeah, anthem before that. The anthem or anything like that. I, I don't even think, uh, I don't even think the CFL does the anthem up here. Do they? Uh, Which is kind of a weird example. I don't know. Yeah. I'm usually too drunk to notice. <laughs> Fair <laughs> enough. Um, yeah, I can't. Well, I mean, it's been a while since I've actually watched the CFL game. Not going to lie. Um, well, yeah, exactly. Because we didn't get but, the, we didn't get a season this year. But yeah, um, like the NFL. Okay, the American National Anthem maybe makes sense because it's all in the states. But you have Canadian players. Like you do. It's mm-hmm. it's majority Canadian or uh, American players, but. Yeah. You do have players from everywhere else, but the NHL especially, it's so mixed in terms of nationality. It doesn't mm-hmm. make sense. Like, yeah. continue playing it for the Olympics next oh, year, sure. right? Like, yeah. you know, you get uh, Finland versus Sweden. You play both anthems. Do it. Like, don't, yeah. you don't even have, but actually, I like the way that the, like the juniors and whatnot uh, and the Olympics, just like international hockey does it. The winning team gets their anthem played. I like that. Mm-hmm. That kind yeah, of works, actually. You see a lot but, more excitement from the guys, too, because they're actually singing and, you know, being patriotic like you're supposed to. Yeah, exactly. Because you're representing your company, but like, mm-hmm. or not your company, your country. Um, <laughs> but yeah, before yes. the game, it's like everyone's focused on the game and they're in the zone yeah. and they're just standing there. It's, it's it, it just, just kind of lame. kills it for a moment. Like, I don't know. Some people kind of get uh, emotional or whatever with the anthem. Like, but. I don't know. For myself, I it, it was sometimes nice to just have that moment to kind of get yourself ready for the game again. But at the same time, if I could have just, you know, freaked out with my teammates in the locker room and then burst out the door, probably tripped out of the uh, out of the thing off onto the ice or the floor anyway. Um, but just like burst it out there and was just ready to go. Yeah, it would it'd be so much more. So. Yeah, I, I don't want to get rid of it completely, but I think it, it definitely doesn't need to happen on you know your your casual game number seventeen of the season yeah. on a Thursday night. Like it's, yeah, it, it it just doesn't really make sense to me. But uh, I could get it. I could see it for Remembrance Day, or if you're you're honoring like yeah, remember. Uh, I know Day, teams have like Day. separate Veterans Night, or if you know someone yep. passes away and you want to do the anthem followed by a moment of silence. Like sure, like you can you can work that in, but. 
Um, yeah. I, th- I think the best reason I saw though to keep the anthem in and it's kind kind of almost changed my mind on the thing is that it's uh, it's almost like last call to grab a beer before you have to sit down <laughs> for the game. So once you hear the anthem, you're like, oh shit, we gotta go get the beer, um, and then you can <laughs> usually you make the it anthem, back. Don't you have to stop and stand there anyway? Well, yeah, you stand in line at the beer table. But what if you're not at the beer table line yet? Or what if somebody pays for it? Then do you just does the line just stop? No, I, I think, you, I think if you're, it doesn't. Some that some it just moves on. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I think if you're in line and you you shuffle, you do a little sidestep. I think that's okay. <laughs> uh, to the left. <laughs> yeah. You. Uh, I think if you could time it right too, they could. Um, uh, you could say like, "Oh, Molson Canadian," you know. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Man. That's and that's how you order your beer, and you can yeah. be kind of sneaky about it. So there you go. Yeah. I, I'm gonna have not sponsored the, by Molson, by the way. Yeah, I'm gonna have the older people definitely coming out me for that one too because I understand it's a tradition thing in that, but it just mm-hmm. it doesn't yeah. make sense in today's NHL anymore. No, like what are you gonna do? Play a play the anthem for team like for everyone that's on the team. So we're gonna hear Canadian, American, Swedish, Finnish, Russian, German, probably a lot yeah, more exactly. in the next few years too. Um, the Czech anthem. Yeah, um, like I remember some Austrian I, players. We can maybe yeah. just throw that in there too. Like yeah, no. like, uh, like I remember for like our hometown junior team, the Tigers. Um, you know, most of it's Canadian kids. There's the one or two Americans, but there's not too many import guys, right? Like, like mm-hmm. there's maybe one or two from Europe as well, right? Yeah. But I remember at one year, I forget the guy's name. I just remember he was massive though. And he was from Hungary. If we're gonna play everything, like, do you really want to sit through the Hungarian national anthem? Because as far as I can remember, it is long as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like so, like just yeah. I I don't like you would have to you'd anymore. have to move the start times of games half an hour up just to yeah. to fit in. It's like, oh, we want the puck to drop at seven. Guess we'll start the anthems at six thirty. Oh, we got the Russian and the Hungarian national anthem. Guess it, maybe six fifteen. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, like. Well, like you said, like you were joking about too, like if you're at the game, it's, you know, a couple minutes extra to get your beer. But like, mm-hmm. you know, just relating, excuse me, uh, for, uh, like for COVID, right? Where none of us are at the games right now. We're all watching it from home. It gives me an extra minute or two to, you know, finish my nachos or something like that. Like just get something ready to come and sit down, right? Mm-hmm. So, because yeah. like, okay, yeah, standing at the game for the anthem is one thing, but do you stand at, like for the na- for the national anthem anthems when... You're at home because I I don't I don't know if I'm supposed to be or what but like I do but I'm usually making know. nachos and pouring a beer in the go. kitchen exactly. so <laughs> like, it, it has no relevance yeah. whatsoever anymore so no yeah especially not today so that's why I get the uh, um I, I get the Dallas Mavericks not doing it because I don't think they had fans in attendance at, at that specific game mm-hmm. um so they uh yeah they were just playing a recording and like the people there were standing but you couldn't see them because it's pre-recorded so they were showing yeah. a pre-recorded video they, they could have been sitting down for all we know they could have started the game on it like just been you know throwing hoops to while yeah. they played the recording like we really have no idea i don't know so. so yeah it's uh it's weird yeah like i i get the traditional values of it but i'm not really really set i'm like if they got rid of it i'm not gonna be upset and be like okay cool i guess i guess we'll, yeah. we'll hear it when we hear it but I don't know. Yeah. Well, there you um, go. You got what's quacking because it's stemmed from the internet, but you also got Quack Report Unplugged because we talked about music the entire time, technically. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> <laughs> Should have done a clip that said, uh, that screamed, Oh, Canada. There you go. <laughs> 
Um, last thing I want to say about the anthems, and this is totally off topic and has like zero relevance to what we were talking about before, really. <laughs> but can we pick a speed no. for the anthems and and please. everyone plays it, sings it at the same speed? Can that yes. be can that be a thing? Same speed, and you can always tell when it at least at least I can tell, and I'm sure you can as well, when they go off beat. And like oh not in a me nuts. good way offbeat, like the yeah. tempo got changed or something on them. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, no, no, no. Okay, now you're written it. Awesome. Thanks. <laughs> yeah, it, it throws me for a loop. Like when they don't yeah. hold the note long enough and they, they start the, the next lyric too soon, I'm like, yeah. oh my. Can, can you count? It's one, The Canadian two, national anthem is three, bad for that. Four. It's so bad. Yeah. It's so bad. <laughs> I, I can't think of the lyric, but there's a certain spot in it that uh, that always messes with people, so. Yeah. Um, but no, like there's sometimes where people just like cruise through the anthem and it's like bing, bang, boom, 45 seconds, let's drop the puck. It's like sick, yeah. that was good. I can get behind that. And there's yeah. other times they draw it out to like two minutes and I'm like, oh my God. It's like, it's 20 words. How can it take you this long to say? <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't get it. See, okay, this is where I, if we want to keep the anthems but modernize it, just bring in rappers to do it. Bring in Eminem to do the American yeah. national anthem. Go rap god style on it. Exactly. Yeah. Just done. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but no, it's. I don't mind if it's slow, but let's at least make it standard so that I at least yeah. know what to expect. Oh, like if you want to sing the American national anthem slowly, like that's fine. I'll I'll just know that I I, I can prepare myself for three minutes rather than two minutes of the yeah, exactly. banner. So <laughs> when we're playing American teams, I just want to see if there's even like the average time. Duration for the American <laughs> national anthem. I just want to see if this is even a thing. Yeah, I wonder. Jesus Christ, there is, of course. <laughs> <laughs> uh, according to Odds Shark, the average length of the national anthem uh, has been one minute and 55 seconds since Super Bowl 40. This is, it was uh, talking about like who's singing the national anthem for Super Bowl 2021. Okay. Um, but uh, is that yeah, just of but, the Super Bowl or is that like every? Yeah, I think it's. I think it's just for yeah. Since Super Bowl Sunday or Su- Super Bowl Sunday, yes, Super Bowl Forty, uh, which I believe is so over the last ten years, if I'm not mistaken, again, fifteen not, or 50, Okay, it was fifty-five yeah. this year. I don't yeah. remember. Um, are you burning your house down? Yep. <laughs> awesome. Uh, but My dad, yeah, guinea so, pigs probably got out and started <laughs> the toaster. Oh God. <laughs> Oh no, what if they went in there? <laughs> um, but yeah, so the last 15 years then, the average length has been just under two minutes. Okay. Is that something you can bet on for the Super Bowl? How long the anthem is going to take? I mean, it's coming from Odd Shark, so I'm kind of wondering, actually. That's I feel like cool. that's totally something you could bet on. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty cool. Um, but yeah, so uh, I guess, so it's, it's just continuing on here. The last time the Super Bowl had or was played in Tampa, uh, was in 2009. Jennifer Hudson sang the anthem, and it was two minutes and ten seconds long. Hmm. There's no point. <laughs> yeah. Like, there's, like, like where even, did that extra 25 seconds come from? Or no? Yeah, like, even, this, yeah, like, even for the Super Bowl, right? Like, because, you know, the Super Bowl is the biggest moneymaker for sure. Right and easiest way to get out your commercials and that that's that's mostly what people are talking about honestly coming from the Super Bowl unless they're massive football fans of the teams that are participating in it especially right everybody's talking about the commercials and everything like that too that's two minutes and ten seconds that you could have had you know like even people 
like different companies will use like minute long ads in the Super Bowl and they'll they'll pay mm-hmm. out that kind of cash. Yeah. That's two or more commercials you could have had. You could have made money instead of spending money on Jennifer Hudson. Yeah, so, exactly. Exactly. I don't know. Again, it that's just my opinion, but yeah. I don't think it's at least for the NHL. I know we were just using the Super Bowl as an mm-hmm. example, but for the NHL, it's not worth it anymore. Yeah, I, I think that we'll we'll probably see it disappear. Not probably not like immediately, but I think slowly out of professional sports over the next five to ten years. So yeah, it'll be I'd interesting. Be okay so, um, well, I should go make sure that my my guinea pigs didn't turn themselves into bacon. So um, maybe uh, <laughs> maybe we should wrap this up, I guess. And Nate, where you can I find me, you? You want to send me some if they did? <laughs> uh, no, <laughs> I just made myself sad. So Aww, before I cry, before I cry okay. we gotta we gotta plug our, our stuff. I didn't mean That's to okay. make you sad. <laughs> I brought it up, so it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, toasted guinea pigs. Yes. See now, if we if we had episode, like episode titles, that's what this is called. We could do it. Let's do it. Yeah, toasted bean. Well, I'll just put it in the description. It'll be fine. all right. Cool. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Where can they Where can they find you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Tate Nomas T A T E N H O M A S, and come at me saying that the anthem deserves to stay. I'll tell you that you're wrong. <laughs> yes, I'm sure it you is, will. <laughs> it is useless at this point. <laughs> And you can find me at Carter underscore Potts, P-O-T-T-S underscore 97. You can also follow the show at Quack Report Pod. You can follow the network at HockeyPodNet. Once again, go to DraftKings, use promo code THPN. Thank you guys for listening, and uh, go Ducks, go. I timed that so badly. Like-